Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Why Holy Spirit by Rob Wilson. Welcome church. Anyway, I was going to say good morning, but uh, I don't know what time of day you're going to be watching this. Um, we find ourselves again in lockdown, a little bit different circumstances than what we expected, but uh, you know, regardless of where you happen to be watching this, um, I, I trust that the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you today as we uh, get into his word and into his presence. Uh, before I start, I'm going to open in a word of prayer. Father God, I give you thanks for the opportunity we have to come into your presence, whether people are at home or where they happen to be right now. Lord, um, we just ask that your Holy Spirit presence be with each and every person as they uh, join with us today to get into your word. Um, and Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us and minister to each and every heart each and every person in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, for those who don't know me, my name's Rob Wilson. And uh, if you've seen me over the last six weeks, I've been hobbling around in either plaster or a moon boot. And I'm very happy to say that today I'm able to walk with a pair of shoes, which is pretty cool. I've got a brace on here under my foot instead. But um, I've been, uh, I was supposed to be in a moon boot for another couple of weeks. And I saw the surgeon on Friday and uh, he's actually given me a clearance to move to a brace um, and he said that uh, the, the thing's healing up uh, well in advance of what he expected, which was really cool. And I want to thank those who've been praying uh, for me uh, during this time. And um, it's great to know that, uh, that you know, the, the Spirit of God is moving through your prayers and is, uh, is bringing healing and wholeness to my foot. So, uh, so thank you for that. It's my privilege today to continue this series of why uh, Pastor Sean's been doing a whole bunch of uh, topics on why, why suffering, uh, why the church, why the Bible, and t- today we're going to be looking at why the Holy Spirit. And in fact, there's probably a few other questions we could ask about the Holy Spirit other than just why the Holy Spirit, such as who is the Holy Spirit, what is his role in our life? And I'd like to be able to answer that um, during this time. But I'll be honest with you, I'll be disappointed if you leave, uh, if you watch this uh, video and you learn some stuff, and that's all that happens. That's good, but I really hope that uh, through this time the Holy Spirit would minister to each and every person uh, that watches it, that um, uh, that you would uh, not just hear and learn stuff, but that you would be able to uh, encounter the Holy Spirit and have his life-changing power come upon you. Now, the Holy Spirit, I think, gets a bad rap around the church. Um, there are a lot of churches that you could go to, not this weekend, um, but you could go to a lot of churches around and find that the Holy Spirit hardly ever gets a mention. I've got a good friend who uh, I've known for many years. He's been a Christian longer than I have. And he said, we had a discussion about this, and he said at his church, every week you'll hear about the Father, you'll hear about the Son, you'll hear about the Holy Bible, but you'll almost never hear about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and, and misconceptions, even perhaps fear in some parts of the church, about who the Holy Spirit is and what he actually does. Uh, the Holy Spirit, as, as we know, we, we have a triune God, three in one, uh, uh, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, but in three parts or three personalities, three uh, entities within the one. So there's an incredible oneness within the Godhead, um, yet they have their three distinct aspects of it. And, and some people struggle about what that uh, looks like. I guess we can use some analogies such as uh, water, how it can be in ice or water or steam, but it's a little bit bit limited in its um, application. I I like to think of the fact that we as humans are a body, soul and spirit. 
that there's different dimensions to our own being and we can understand that we're, um, we're still us, but we have different aspects to it. Take my wife, for example. I can recognise Louise's face. I can see her physical form and I can recognise her. If she gets a haircut, hopefully I'll notice that. Um, if not, she'll let me know that she's had it done and I'll be in trouble. But, um, you know, I can recognise her physical form. But I can also listen to her speak and I can recognise her voice. Uh, and, and it's not just the sound of her voice that I can recognise, but I can recognise when, if she's speaking to me, encouragement and edification and building me up. Uh, I, I recognise that and I can tell the tone of her voice and, and the things that she's saying and I recognise my wife and, and the way she speaks. I can also recognise when she chastises me for being a bullfed. Unfortunately, I'm very aware of that voice as well. <laughs> um, I can also recognise, I can look at something that she's written and I can recognise her handwriting. So she doesn't even have to be there. She can write a note or something and I can recognise that it's her handwriting. Now, unfortunately, because she's got messy handwriting, I can't tell what she said. <laughs> now, you might understand what I mean by being a buffed um, and, and recognising her chastisement, but, um, but I can read her, I can see her handwriting, I can tell that she's written a note for me. So there are different ways that I can recognise Louise, um, you know, through different aspects. And in a similar way, we have a God that's three in one and we can recognise God uh, through Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Um, so I think, as I said, a lot of churches around the place, you will hardly ever hear of the Holy Spirit being mentioned, but uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit is an incredible, it's a great opportunity to, to not just learn about the Holy Spirit, but to encounter his presence here today. So it says in John 16, verse 7, Jesus speaking, and he said these incredibly powerful words, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit is our helper that Jesus was referring to. I, I, I shared this passage a few weeks back uh, during communion, and it's a, it's a, a passage that absolutely encaptures my thinking. It, it, blows my mind that uh, you think about this, this little window of opportunity that, that the disciples had. Jesus was alive on earth for about 33 years. So in, in all of the time that humanity has lived, there's this small window of opportunity that they got to meet and see and listen to Jesus preaching and teaching and, and witness him doing miracles, witnessing him changing lives. And incredibly... Uh, an incredible time in human history. I've often wondered, man, what would it be like to be there, to hear Jesus in the flesh, to, to be there when he gave these messages, to see the miracles that he did and to see the healings that he brought. What an incredible experience it would be. And yet Jesus himself said that we are better off that he goes. That's mind-boggling. Because he said, when he goes away, the helper... If he didn't go away, the helper wouldn't come. But because he departs, he will send him to us. The Holy Spirit is the helper that he was referring to. Uh, it, it, in the Greek, it uses the word parakletos or paraclete, which is the advocate, the helper, um, the, the friend that's closer than a brother. Um, the, so 
Jesus, in a way, the, the word a counsellor, which comes from Paracletos as well, it's like a legal counsellor, so our representative. So he doesn't just bring counsel to our heart and to touch us and to, and to help us, like when, when we go and see a counsellor, but also that, that notion of a counsellor, like a legal counsel, being our representative, um, getting up and advocating for us and, and speaking on our behalf, both speaking to our heart and touching and transforming and changing our life, but also speaking and advocating on our behalf with Father God. So before Christ died and rose again and sent the Holy Spirit to the church in the upper room in Jerusalem, as we read about in Acts chapter 2, people didn't usually get to have the Holy Spirit reside within them. So for the Old Testament, um, the Holy Spirit was like a guest who came and visited at times. There were, there were people who the Holy Spirit would, would visit upon and they would bring prophecies. Um, it says of King David that after he was anointed, the Holy Spirit remained with him. But the Holy Spirit was like a visitor to them, whereas we live in a time now where we have the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to reside within us. Back in the Old Testament times, the presence of God was found inside the Holy of Holies in the temple, but now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is absolutely amazing. So we have the availability of the Holy Spirit with us each and every day and throughout life. Today, as I share, I'd like to go through some of the major roles that the Holy Spirit does in the life of believers. But I don't just want us, as I said earlier, to learn a few facts. Please, as we, as we do this, I would love, wherever you are today, to be seeking him and seeking his face and asking that he touches your heart and ministers to you and, and reveals things in your life and takes you deeper into his presence. That's my prayer this day. It doesn't matter where you're watching, whether you're watching this at home or, or whether you're um, like Reuben here or Pastor Sean sitting in the back uh, watching it as the audience today. Um, it's my prayer that the Holy Spirit will minister to us all wherever we are as we go through this. So the first thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us. John 14, 27, uh, 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So again, Jesus speaking there, saying that the Holy Spirit, sent by the Father in the name of the Son, will teach you all things and remind you of everything he'd said to us. I'd like you to think about how important that was to those who were listening to what he said then. How important it was for those early believers some of them would go on to write the Gospels. Some of them would go on to write letters to the churches that are now our scriptures in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit brought remembrance to them of the things that Jesus had taught. So important that, that the Holy Spirit operates in this way to bring to their remembrance everything that, uh, that Jesus had taught. The same Holy Spirit is available to us to lead us, to, to, to teach us, to bring back to our remembrance as we study his word. He's available to us to, to learn, to grow in wisdom and understanding. There have been many times in my life where I've been in a situation where I haven't known the words to say, yet a thought's popped into my head, usually a scripture, that I believe the Holy Spirit has dropped into my head at the right time, the right place, the right situation, to, to, to say 
to bring life into a situation for somebody. Um, it might have been for myself, but it might have been for somebody else. The Holy Spirit will bring things to us at the right time uh, and he'll bring them back to our remembrance. Now, this isn't an excuse for not getting involved in reading the Word of God. You know, we are all called to live a life of discipline, to to be disciplined in in studying the Word of God and and, uh, to to learn, to get to know what he says. That's, That's our responsibility. But at the same time, he will lead us and teach us and guide us along the way. He'll remind us of his word. I work as a teacher in a Christian school. And before exams, we always pray over our students that God would bring his peace upon them and he would bring back to their remembrance everything that they've studied, everything that's relevant for the exam, help them bring clarity of mind that they can do the the best of their ability uh, through that exam. But it's not a time to try and get the Holy Spirit to teach you all knowledge. Okay, it's it's not a the Holy Spirit's not an excuse to not study, to not do the work, to not do the preparation, and just expect that He will teach us when the time happens. We we need to be investing our time and energy into learning the Word, and He will bring it back to our remembrance at the right time. Um, I don't want to limit the Holy Spirit. He He may bring things to your remembrance, but I don't want to be. Uh, I would rather he would remind me of what I've learned rather than to try and generate knowledge at that point in time. Having said that, when I was in grade 12 myself, I studied chemistry. Now, I have to be fair, I studied it very badly. Um, I wasn't a very good student uh, at chemistry anyway. Um, it was a subject that I really struggled to get my head around. And, um, and in fact, I remember um, getting towards my final exam in grade 12 and the teacher was talking about this chemistry concept that I didn't understand. And while he taught about it in class, I didn't get it. And we were given homework. And, I'm, and I remember sitting at home that night pondering on this thing and, and I was looking at the problem and I couldn't solve it. I couldn't work it out. I tried my best and I couldn't work it out. I just could not understand it. And before I went to bed, I prayed as I, as I always do. And I fell into a sleep. And in my sleep, I actually had this chemical model occur in my head, in my dream, and I woke up in the morning understanding a concept that in my own capacity I, I couldn't work out. And I literally got up first thing in the morning and I wrote out a full page solution to the problem that was there. And I went and showed it to my teacher when I got to school. And he looked at me and he went, yeah, that's really good. Who did that for you? He didn't believe that I'd done that work. Well, he was right in a way. It wasn't me. It was beyond me. But I, the Holy Spirit had, in a sense, in, in that sense, revealed to me through the dream the solution that I couldn't understand in my own capacity. So there is certainly a capacity for the Holy Spirit to lead us into knowledge and wisdom beyond what is our our capacity. Um, But we need to focus on studying the Word of God and getting to know Him so that He can bring the right Word in the right season at the right time. Another aspect of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit will convict now, I started with John 16, verse 7, where, where Jesus said, we're better off that he goes and he will send the helper. But it goes on to say in verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, so the Holy Spirit brings conviction. And I think most people 
when they think about the Holy Spirit bringing conviction, think about the first part of this verse of, of John sixteen eight, the fact that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction of sin. But uh, in verses 9, 9 to 11, it goes on with a little bit of an explanation of what he means by sin of righteousness and judgment. He says, they'll be convicted of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. But this is a fairly complex verse. It starts out easy, but it gets harder each section, a bit like the Olympics if you've been watching it. Start out in the heats, it's not too hard. Get to the semi-finals, it gets harder. Get to the final, it's really hard by then. I reckon in the same way, getting convicted of sin, of righteousness and judgment, it's easy to understand, it gets harder to understand as we go through. It needs a bit of explanation. You see, before convicted of sin... Someone might say, I make a lot of mistakes. Nobody's perfect. They, they kind of rationalise sin. And I think in this day and age, we see a lot of people rationalise sin. When the Holy Spirit brings his conviction, someone recognises, I am a lost rebel. I'm fighting against God. I must rely on Jesus to get right with God. You see, the, the Spirit is the advocate or the helper of those who believe in Jesus. He's their counsel for the defence when they're a believer. But in relation to unbelievers, to the godless world, the Holy Spirit acts as counsel for the prosecution. It's so important to have the Spirit of God to defend rather than to convict. Or it's, it's really important to have the conviction occur while we've got the opportunity allow him to convict us of sin and to recognise that we can only be made right through Jesus. Edwin Orr, um, speaking about the, uh, the great evangel uh, evangelical awakening in Great Britain in the early 1860s, said this, he said, a high-ranking army officer described the conviction of sin in his Scottish town. Those of you who are at who at ease have little conception of how terrifying a sight it is when the Holy Spirit is pleased to open a man's eyes to see the real state of heart. Men who were thought to be and who thought themselves to be good religious people have been led to search into the foundation upon which they were resting and have found all rotten, that they were self-satisfied, resting on their own goodness and not upon Christ. Many turned from open sin to lives of holiness, some weeping for joy for sins forgiven." I reckon in, in this day and age, we need another awakening like that, that, that recognition that we are sinners. There is so much blasé attitude around the, the place of sin. And of course, the world, uh, people who, who haven't come to Christ, we don't expect that they have a, a knowledge of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings them to that point. But I reckon even in the church, there are many people who have been very blasé, but the Holy Spirit needs to convict us of sin that we might move on and and grow in him. It says of sin because they do not believe in me. See, it's unbelief, the rejection of Jesus, which ultimately proves one to be guilty. The Holy Spirit will tell the world of the importance of trusting in, relying upon and clinging to Jesus 
to avoid this sin. Just as Jesus is always pointing to the Father and was empowered by the Spirit, the Spirit always leads us to Jesus so that we can be made right in the Father's presence. Morris says the basic sin is the sin which puts self at the centre of things and consequently refuse to believe in him. We've probably all met people who think that they're good enough, but that reliance on self-will will fail. Charles Spurgeon said a man truly convinced of sin by the Spirit of God is a being to be sought after as a jewel that will adorn the crown of the Redeemer. But as we go on to being convicted of righteousness, that's a little bit more of a, uh, an interesting concept. I don't reckon too many people could say, oh yeah, I've been convicted of righteousness. It, it's, it's almost a strange way of, of saying it. Um, but Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will convict us of righteousness because I go to my Father. You see, the ascension of Jesus to heaven demonstrated that he'd perfectly fulfilled the Father's will and he'd proven himself righteous. He'd exposed the lack of righteousness in the world. He'd exposed the lack of righteousness of those who rejected him. The Holy Spirit shows the world the righteousness of Jesus and its own unrighteousness. We live in a society, we live in a time where people are trying to rewrite the rules on what is righteous and what is not. The Christians have been called all sorts of names, homophobic, Advocates for Christianity have been called in recent times people who are, who are using hate speech. There's a turning, the world is trying to turn on its head morality and righteousness because the gospel doesn't fit the world's narrative. There's a significant movement towards tolerance that cuts deeply against God's righteousness. Don't get me wrong, I am all for loving people. Jesus' love is freely available to all and the Holy Spirit is ready to minister to anybody and anywhere. The gospel is actually a love story. You know, so great was the love of God that he sent Jesus, his only son, to come and to die for us that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's, it's the story of redemption and love, love of God for his, for his creation. God, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they don't want us to remain where we are. Because of his love for us, he doesn't want us to continue to live wallowing in sin and wants us to turn towards righteousness, turn towards Jesus' righteousness, recognise that we cannot be made right before God other than through Jesus and that's through trusting in him and him alone that we can be made right. He wants us to grow in his righteousness. On the other side of the coin, there's many people today, even secular people, who take the righteousness of Jesus for granted, take it as a given. Yet during his life, Jesus was reviled by the spiritual leaders at the time. He was reviled as an imposter. He was accused of being demon-possessed. He was accused of being a wicked destroyer of the law, accused of being a, a glutton and a drunk. He was accused of being illegitimate. See, the Holy, it takes the Holy Spirit to persuade the work of righteousness of Jesus. 
And then finally it says that the Holy Spirit will convict of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The judgment of Satan himself means that there will be a final reckoning between God and his rebellious creature. The Holy Spirit warns the world of this coming judgment. You see, normally in our legal system, we get conviction and that's followed by judgment. That's the usual way it works. You're found guilty of a crime and then the judge will tell you how much you're going to get in jail or whatever the sentence will be, you get judgment. But it it acts differently with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, there's an in-between step. The revelation of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which can satisfy the judgment for the convicted person. To the world, the prince of the world is judged. How much foolishness it is to adhere to the ways of this world rather than to Christ. It's like a sinking ship if we if we stick to the ways of the world. The Holy Spirit knows God's thoughts. In first Corinthians two, ten to eleven, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except for their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Through the Holy Spirit, we have access to the revelation, knowledge, wisdom and power of the Holy Spirit. Do people even recognize that? People who know us, do they know that we have access to the Holy Spirit? Is it evidenced in our life? I'm not trying to bring condemnation. That's not my job to convict people. The Holy Spirit's job. But do we see evidence of the Holy Spirit's knowledge, power and wisdom in our lives? We should. He wants to work in us and through us. Like Paul said to the Ephesians, the church in Ephesus, he he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his, his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That's Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is available to us. He lives within us. Our bodies are his temple. That's incredible news. Yet yet we don't often seem to be excited by the incredible privilege that is. I'm challenged by that. Do the people who know me, do they see the fact that the Holy Spirit is alive within me? Or, or, Or am I just like everyone else? I hope not. I trust that if if, if we see that we're just going through the motions that the Holy Spirit convicts now and changes our hearts, that we might live according to, to the wonder that, is, that, that he's able to bring in our life. The Holy Spirit wants to grow his fruit in our lives. It says in Galatians 5, to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It, it goes on to say in 24 and 25, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, last week, Pastor Sean preached about why suffering. I want to say that if someone said to you, becoming a Christian would mean that you're going to have an easy life and that everything's going to work out rosy, they have done you a great injustice because the truth is not like that. We will have burdens, we will have trials, we will have times of trouble. And if you have this concept that everything's going to be always perfect, we, we, we may not stick it out when the trouble comes. See, God doesn't promise us an easy life, but all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will use the circumstances of our life to grow his fruits within us. I know many people who've prayed that God will develop his fruits in their life, the Holy Spirit fruits in their life. You do realise that's a dangerous prayer. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't sort of come down and just zap us, you know, kind of magic this extra capacity within us. But rather, if we're praying for patience, we're going to come across situations, circumstances, probably people that will frustrate us to the core. And it's in those situations and circumstances that the Holy Spirit is able to grow his fruits within us. You know that fruit, you know, grows on trees, it grows on, on bushes, it grows on vines, that they all grow in the soil. And to have good soil, we need a bit of manure mixed in there with it. And those situations in life that are very troublesome, that are like the manure in our life, are actually ingredients that we need in order for the fruit of the Spirit to be grown within us. So if you come across a situation that you don't like, you find yourself in circumstances that are frustrating, praise God, give thanks, rejoice, because he's doing his work in you, growing you, changing you, turning you into the person he wants you to be. So he's got a call that is great for each and every person no matter where you're watching this, he's got a call that is great for your life. And we need to be obedient to it. And when we find ourselves out of our depth, that's when we put our hand up and trust him. I'm going to close shortly. One last point. The Holy Spirit intercedes for our weaknesses. It says in Romans 8, 26 and 27, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You might find yourself in a place of weakness. Remember, the Holy Spirit is our helper. There are times when we don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. There are times where we might be completely out of our depth. Fantastic, because the Holy Spirit knows what to do in that time. And he will intercede on our behalf. Wherever you are today, whatever situation you find yourself in, the Holy Spirit can indeed 
not only minister to you, but he will advocate and intercede on your behalf. I'm going to finish with a personal testimony. Just last weekend, I found myself in a situation that was way beyond what I could deal with. I was very frustrated. I'd I'd encountered a circumstance that I didn't know what to do and didn't know how to deal with. My lovely wife Louise helped me in the crisis point to get calm and to to, uh, resolve the, the stress of the situation. But through the week, the Holy Spirit led me on a journey to trust in him, to trust in God in a whole deeper way and to be able to to grow in that area where I was weak. You know, at school, um, a couple of students, a couple of young students come up to me and said, can we pray for you? And I was in a moon boot. They were praying for healing in my foot. Yet the Holy Spirit was ministering to me far deeper than that, way beyond what the students knew. And even in that situation and that circumstance, when they were praying and they were they were acting out of obedience, they they just felt that God had asked them to pray for me, which is really unusual for a student to come up to a teacher, "Can I pray for you?" and and they acted in obedience to that and prayed for me. They were praying over my foot, but the Holy Spirit was doing His work in my heart and in my mind, and and helping to grow me and to change me and to improve where I was weak. And, and the interceding of the Holy Spirit was doing its job, touching and transforming. We need to be people led by the Spirit. We need to be people that people can see that we're led by the Spirit. So it's my prayer that as no matter where you are, no matter where you're watching this from, the Holy Spirit be able to touch you, minister to you. Uh, we, we've just scratched the surface today. I had so much more prepared and I cut cut it down to this because I reckon there's a whole series that we could do on the Holy Spirit. But but to just to start with, a, a little snapshot of some of the things that the Holy Spirit does to us, in us, for us, on our behalf and, and through us also. I trust the Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now. Have an awesome time in his presence. I look forward to hopefully being able to meet face-to-face with people again next week. I'm just going to close in prayer. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that, uh, that, that is able to be within us. That, Lord, as you said, Jesus, we're better off that you go because you send the helper, the advocate, the counsellor to be with us. Lord, that we are indeed the temple of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may we... May we your church, uh, just walk within that, Lord. May we walk close to you. May we, may we listen to the prompting of your Holy Spirit as you lead us, as you guide us, and take us into all knowledge. We commit this week to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.